This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. Yo, welcome back to the show. Today, we are taking things from a bit different angle. I'm going to be sharing an episode that I recorded on my buddy Karan Hawkins' podcast, The Chronic Lifestyle, back in March or April, I believe it was. Give you a bit of a break from all the guest interviews to actually listen to an interview with me, a little bit of my backstory, and my methodologies, especially around nutrition coaching. All right, enjoy the episode. And we're live. The Chronic Lifestyle is back. What's going on, y'all? We got another special guest in the building, my guy, Jeremiah Bear, the online nutrition coach extraordinaire. I'm excited to have him in the building to teach us the lessons of fat loss, coaching, uh, mindset, and all things in between. We're going to hear his story, hear about uh, his journey through his own nutrition and fitness uh, goals and um, getting his own gains and then transferring that knowledge and uh, obviously picking up a coach and then uh, learning how to do it for others. So. I'm excited to have him here. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, bro. That's an awesome introduction. Thank you for having me. No doubt. No doubt. It's, it's honestly my pleasure. Um, I was just on his podcast the other day, uh, so we're, we're doing a little trade. I'm going to hear more about him now. So um, let's just jump right into it, man. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, and how did you get into uh, movement and nutrition in general? Yeah, for sure. So like you said, I am an online coach. I do training and nutrition. I focus a bit more on nutrition. It's just because I feel like that's where there's more of a need. I'm originally from Nebraska. I, as of now, as of what, seven months ago, I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. So as far as how I got into everything, uh, how deep do you want to get into that? Hey, as deep as you want, man. <laughs> All right. So take it way back then to high school. So I first I wish I had a better story, but how I got into training was before my, I played football in high school, my junior year of high school, um, all the seniors would like type us up for the football games, which were Friday nights, Thursday night, they would have like at the end of practice, they'd have this speech where they'd be like super serious and try to get on motivation and whatnot. But one dude up there the whole time was just, I remember they were giving the speech and one dude was just doing the peck pop the whole time. It was, this, <laughs> it was just the funniest thing ever to us at the time. <laughs> and me and my homie were like, that would be so funny if we could do that. So no lie, that was like our motivation for getting to the gym. <laughs> so that's where it all started. Um, after that, I just got super into training. was definitely my first love. I didn't know shit about nutrition until much, much later. But we would just go hard in the gym hit like chest and arms every day. I think we talked about that actually on your podcast. Like yep. your first back and biceps, right? Like yep. same type of stuff, just growing out, no legs. Um, <laughs> but getting into college then, that really kind of turned into my thing. So for me, I always had so much trouble just one of the hardest things for me, like if we're going to get into some deep shit, which every time I have this conversation, it always has to get into something yeah. like this. But one of the biggest things for me was I had a lot of trouble seeing value in myself. If I didn't think that I thought like the only way for other people to really appreciate me or love me was to see me as a presence, right? 
And that's still something I constantly have to fight, like not trying to impress people. So my thing then what I really latched on to was like, I'm going to get jacked. Right. And that's going to be like, I'm not, it's going to build my confidence. I'm finally going to like myself. Everybody's around me is going to like myself. If I get jacked. So I really latched onto that for a long, long time. Um, all through college, that was kind of my thing. And honestly, for me, it kind of made me less happy and less happy. The more obsessed I let myself get with like trying to make my body a certain way, which kind of sounds weird coming from a coach that is like focused so much on aesthetics. Right. But, um, I started coaching towards the end of college just because I literally had no idea what else I wanted to do. I always kind of had this idea that like, like as another weird story about this, but like the first time I took pre-workout, actually me and my buddy, I just remember this was again in high school. We worked out for like, three hours straight and we're like dude i think i'm a personal trainer <laughs> that was like so then like all through college as weird as that sounds it's like i like lifting i don't really like anything else i think this is gonna be my thing um i started coaching started training people in person and i actually hated it wow yeah so at that point i was kind of concerned this was towards the end of college i had no idea what the hell i was gonna do i didn't really like, have any motivation for anything um and then I had this dude named Daniel started coaching with me and he, he actually started crushing it. Like he was doing really well. And he came in one day and said, I always shop at J crew, but I've never been able to buy a pair of pants from J crew because they don't make pants for fat people. And I just bought my first pair of pants from J crew. I could fit in them. And he was so stoked about it. It was such a little thing, dude. But for me, that just flipped the switch for me is truly a very hard thing to explain to people because before that I never, I truly never felt like I really had any drive to work hard at anything except for training in the gym. And literally like that day I went home and mapped out. This is exactly like what I'm do for the next five years. Like I'm going to truly, and this is, we literally just came upon like five years, which and it's weird how, how well it actually all worked out. But it, for me, it just flipped the switch completely. Like, fell in love with coaching then. Um, I also kind of came to the realization I eventually, I hurt my shoulder. Mm. I gained a bunch of weight. So over the course of college, I went from, I started college at 170. I ended up pushing a little over 245. Wow. So I gained a lot of weight. Some of that was muscle. A lot of it was fat. Basically, I just had to learn from that point. And this was really going into like my start as a coach through really my first couple of years as a coach, it was a lot of like trial and error of me dieting. Like I tried keto, I tried IFYM, I did intermittent fasting, all these different diets over the first, like my last few years of college, my first few years as a coach, like figuring out like, cause all of a sudden I felt like I was like, I was all of a sudden like chubby after hurt my shoulder and I couldn't just like, now obviously I wasn't out training my diet before, but now it was like, it felt like this like rate of fagging that I'd seen slowly creep up was just like multiplied so much. And I had no idea, like, how do I stop this? You know, like I tried like, okay, I'm going to go run a mile every day. I'm like, oh shit, that didn't work. So like eventually I connected the dots with nutrition. So really for me, just through trial and error of trying so many diets, I eventually like for me, I fell in love with nutrition because it was crazy to me before that I had like such a big piece of changing my own body. And then when I got into coaching, 
when I started to fall in love with coaching, I realized that so many people were missing the exact same thing as I was. Like we've all been told, like we all focus so much on the training, but when it comes to nutrition, so many people are just completely in the dark. Even like I was like at the time when I already had a good idea of how to train properly, I had no idea what I was doing with my nutrition and I couldn't change my body to be the way I wanted. So yeah, in a nutshell, that's pretty much how it all came about. Wow. So what started as one to make your pecs dance changed into something <laughs> much, much deeper. Truly, dude. Wow. So um, some questions in there. So going back, what would you say was the biggest missing link um, for your, your nutrition that you learned through the trial and errors? Like what did you pick up when you tried keto? What did you pick up when you tried um, IFOM? What did you pick up when you tried um, intermittent fasting and such? Like all these different strategies. What did you pick up along the way where you decided, oh, you know, this isn't going to work for me. Let me try something else. What is your game along the way? Yeah. So first diet, the first diet I did that worked for me was one where I straight up just ate ground beef avocados for six months straight. And I lost the shit. That was, I lost 45 pounds on that diet. So at that point, I thought that it was carbs that, that like mm-hmm. carbs were making me fat. I didn't like realize that it was ridiculous, dude. Like I was so sick of eating ground beef and avocados, but the dude <laughs> that put me on this diet was like, no ground beef and avocados is like the thing you got to eat it. It was, <laughs> I, it doesn't make sense to me now to even like think through it logically. But at the time I was like, all right, this is what dude said it works. It's working for me. I'm going to keep doing it. So I was literally so sick of ground beef and avocados that I was eating very few calories. Right. I also lost a shit ton of muscle in the process. I, I felt terrible. Like I remember trying to do a chin up and I could only do one chin up at the end of this, but it was, it was, but the biggest thing I learned from was first, I feel like realizing just, you actually have to control your calories. Like I remember after that, I yo-yoed back up mm. and then I started actually tracking my calories and I was like, Oh shit. Like I can eat all these other foods and still lose weight. That's crazy. But then it was like, okay, now I'm doing a very IAFYM approach. So it's like for the next three months, I'm going to commit to being just super hungry. I'm just going to literally eat like Chipotle once a day and have some protein shakes and I will lose a lot of weight. And then it was like, okay, I can't live like this. I'm so hungry. So I started eating more again. So then it was like, okay, there's more to just calories. Like we need to look at food selection. Like how am I actually eating satiating foods to make this something I can keep up long term. And I think that's one of the biggest things that's missing for diets for most people. It's just this idea, like if we choose our food properly, you can literally like push your appetite on auto-regulate, right? We can literally make it hard for you to overeat in the future. And you can still choose like okay, this weekend I want to go out. I want to have some drinks. I want to enjoy this food and make that work in, but you have to be strategic with it. So Mm. I think from all of this, that for me personally was the biggest thing I learned. And like the biggest thing I've even clients too, it's like, if we can get most of your foods, the foods you don't really think about. So think about like lunch on a Wednesday at work. You're not taking the time to just like sit there and be like, damn, I'm really appreciative for this meal. The people around me were really, <laughs> you're like, I had to eat this as quickly as possible so I can get back to work, right? You're stressed. You're thinking about other stuff. 
so like for meals like that it makes sense to even have something like like sweet potatoes and ground beef something like that like pretty plain but it's filling tastes good still but you don't have to put too much thought into it meals like that it makes sense to keep on point and then like be smart be strategic with these quote-unquote splurges where you're like going out you can be present you can actually take that and enjoy it does that make sense yeah 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 i i uh, a lot of my clients in the beginning struggle with um maintaining that balance right so going right. out and then continuing to eat what they enjoy without going too hard so right what would you say was your transition in between um understanding how to splurge a little bit um, while keeping that auto-regulated appetite you spoke about earlier? Like what was that defining moment where you said, oh, I really enjoyed that, but I'm not outside of my boundaries or I'm not outside of my macros or my calories or whatever. Like I planned for this and it just kind of worked. Like when, when did that switch happen? Honestly, it happened within the last few years for me, which I also think is why I've seen the client results improved so much in the last few years getting ready for my first photo shoot when I finally committed to getting like in the best shape of my life so at that point I really had to start planning ahead a lot more to make all these things work and really think through like which of these foods do I really want to take the time to enjoy versus which of these foods am I just like okay, it's Saturday. So I feel like I should be eating. I feel like I should have 10 drinks or I just feel like I had smash a burger. So I really think for me, like one of the biggest shifts there was actually taking the time to like think through what am I really going to enjoy? Which of this do I really care about versus which am I just eating like almost out of scarcity? Like there's food available. So I'm going to eat it. Like I talk to clients about this all the time before um, all inclusive vacations are such a great example of this. Like in January, I think I had eight clients go to Cancun. It was ridiculous how many people were doing <laughs> Yeah. But like, that's such a good situation where you have all this food available, right? You constantly have an all you can eat buffet available. So it's like, if you don't think about it, you'll literally just grab everything all the time. But really for like, like let's look at breakfast when you're at an all-inclusive resort. Like are, again, are you really enjoying this food? Do you really need to have like whatever six donuts with your breakfast or is it literally just cause it's available? Would you take just as much enjoyment out of like a couple eggs and some fruit? So I hate to say it all comes back to awareness because I feel like that's somewhat cliche almost, but truly it all comes back to, I feel like just, taking the time to really think through like, do I really, am I really going to enjoy this? Does this really meaningful to me or would I rather just go with a lower calorie option and spend this at some other time? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Cause I had a conversation with a client of mine a couple of weeks ago. He sent me a picture. <laughs> it's really funny. He sent me a picture of a donut cause his, uh, his office brought like this big giant box of gourmet donuts. And he was like, I want donut. <laughs> and I was like, I said, why? I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't like uh like judging, like, why do you right. want that? You know, it was like, I just said genuinely, you know, why do you want it? And he, and he was like, you know, I, I don't really know. So I was like, here, if, if you have lunch, because lunch was in like 15 minutes, like, Hey, if you have lunch and you still want it, grab it. Right. Right. And then after lunch happened, he didn't even want it. He's like, wow, I was just hungry. I didn't even want that. 
Dude, so it, it happens all the time. It's the biggest thing. And I, like, that's exactly what I tell people all the time. It's like, it's just no matter what the thing you just have to think through before, like, is this worth, am I willing to accept the trade-off of like, if this is something that's going to push you over your calories, am I willing to accept my results maybe being a little bit slower for the next few days by eating this? If so, like that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Go for it. It's like, but if not, then don't eat it and don't like let anybody make you feel pressured to like either way, there's no right or wrong decision, but actually taking the time to think through all this beforehand alleviates so much guilt for so many people. But I feel like all of our, just naturally, we all have such just reactive relationships with food, right? Like, it's available and we don't really think about it. It's just like, oh, I should want to eat that. Yeah, exactly. Or the weekend, I should I should smash way more food than normal. It's just yeah. almost habitual. Yeah, it, it's kind of the way that uh, our society is kind of programmed to do. You know what I mean? Exactly. And the, during the, the week, it's like, go, 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 go. Get something quick. Doesn't matter what it is. And then on the weekend, it's like, oh, I can relax. Let's just like let's get busy. <laughs> let's, exactly. let's, go, let, let, let's, let's get smashed. <laughs> no, exactly. So, um, you know, throughout your journey, how many times did you say, uh, that you, I mean, you said once during your story that you yo-yoed, did you have any other times where you've yo-yoed uh, up and down? I think it was probably three times I bounced back and forth between like 245 to 200 pounds. Wow. Up until my up until I finally got ready for my first photo shoot. Wow. Really for me, I felt like that was when it all kind of came together a lot more. And like I said, I could also see like a very clear uptick in the last few years with my client results as well. Just like understanding I need to choose foods for satiety, like, and all these different tools of like, okay, these are some different times I can implement intermittent fasting to make this work easier or like different things like that. But yeah, it was definitely a big, a lot of trial and error for me. Mm. So, you know, when, when you yo-yoed for like the second or even third time, uh, what, what brought you to continuing to try? Because a lot of people just quit after that point. Some people quit after the first time. You know, as we know, the statistic for uh, weight maintenance is very low. Like most people right. regain very, very quickly and they don't try again. So what kept you pushing through so for me i was still a coach i knew that i wanted to become a better coach i want to have a bigger impact on people i really felt like for me i wasn't practicing what i was preaching Mm. and i mean after like i didn't look like my last couple times i felt like i didn't like I'm, i'm a tall dude so i can carry it pretty well so i didn't look like obese by any means but for me i still didn't feel like i was practicing what i was preaching so i think finally that was the biggest thing like i don't know if you heard the same lead from the front yeah that was for me just like and i really feel like by like almost on my end it was just not executing on things that i was telling my clients to do and i saw that in myself and i hated that like nothing drives me crazier than when I feel like I'm not doing all the things that I'm telling everybody else that they should be doing. Right. Yep. I know. The so for me, that was a big part of it. And I really had a, like a moment of clarity where I felt like that's what was limiting 
my ability to impact a lot of lives and really create what I wanted my coaching service to turn into. Mm, mm. So kind of practicing obviously what you preach, but then taking that to a, another level and like applying exactly. to everything really. Exactly. Like I was telling people, we can get you in the leanest shape of your life. But I felt like I needed to become, which again was one of my biggest drivers for the first photo shoot I did. I needed to like achieve the point that like, no matter how advanced the client that came to me was, or like no matter how lean they want to get, I could tell them like, I've been there. This is how we do it. But mm-hmm. I didn't have that before. And that really, really bothered me. So this is kind of a Kimball answer, but I mean, I think it really was just the process of like, okay, this is what I want to do. If this is who I want to become, I have to expect more of myself all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So as you refined, you know, your own uh, nutrition, your own training and got things consistent, how did you develop a method to reproduce the results you saw within yourself, the education, the knowledge, the the pain points that you went through? Um, how did you re- reproduce that to uh, other people? And how did you get your clients to get, as you mentioned, the leanest they've ever been? Um, how did you get your clients to start as your podcast is called Living Lean? Like, how, how, how did you get all these things together to get a reproducible package for your clients. So, I mean, so much of it is just experience. So so many people, and I'm sure you get the same thing. So many coaches ask like, dude, how do I get my clients results? How do I like become a good coach? And the best way to do it is just coaching a shit ton of people, working with yeah. shit ton of people. Like so much of it is like trial and error with myself, trial and error with so many clients um, but eventually, and I know we were even talking about this in San Diego, I've come down to how I like to phrase it is anytime a client's going to the fat loss phase or a client starts coaching that wants to focus on fat loss, we have three phases. I call it P3, prepare, push, and then practice. So say you come start start coaching and your goal is I want to whatever, lose 20 pounds. So before you start that, like if you want to, if we decide that the best diet structure for you is going to be tracking calories and protein, because also a big thing that I've learned from all of this is what I'm going to, what I'm doing what's worked for me isn't necessarily what's going to work for you. So I believe above all of this, the most important thing is that we find a nutritional strategy that you can fit that you could stick to for a long time. So really on the initial call I do with online clients, we've talked through like, what's your lifestyle? Like, what can you realistically do? Can you track macros? Would you be better off following like a handful portion size thing, something like that. But from there, then we work through basically this P3 method. So again, prepare, push, and practice. So prepare, we're taking to like, okay, if you're tracking calories, like, can you track consistently? Can you track accurately? What are your food choices like? Can you hit your protein goals? Are you ready to diet? Or did this person just come off a super hard diet? They've already lost a lot of weight. Maybe they need to just take some time eating more calories, sitting at maintenance, just letting their hormones, letting their body normalize more. So 
basically what we're doing here is laying a very solid foundation for fat loss because a lot of people like if a client comes and I'm sure you've had this experience too, or you understand this, like if a client comes to you right away, they have no nutritional experience. They've been trying to diet or they've been trying to diet unsuccessfully very hard and they come right away. Hey, I want to start with fat loss right away. So you give them fat loss macros. Okay. We're going to go on an aggressive diet more than likely that client's going to fail, right? Yep. If they don't have a solid foundation. So basically here, we're just taking the time to build a foundation. Are you moving enough? Even like, are you doing a good job managing stress? It's all these little lifestyle factors that really add up to whether you're, when we enter the fat loss phase, whether you're successful or not. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So from there, then we go into the push phase, which is really what people come to me for, at least if we're talking about fat loss, right? We're in a calorie deficit, pushing for fat loss. This will normally last about six to 12 weeks. From there, then we'll transition into a practice phase. So this is another piece that I think that most people are missing is a plan for the diet after the diet. So don't fat loss. Okay, so like like I said, like for me, it's like, okay, I did them. I did my 12 weeks being really hungry. Diet's over. Now I'm just going to do how it was before. Yeah. If you do that, again, you're not going to get, you're not going to maintain these results. And like the, the maintenance mindset, the mindset of maintaining a new body is so much less exciting, so much less sexy than it is to lose fat, right? Like when you're in a fat loss phase, you see yourself, you literally can see your body changing like every week. It's dope. Yeah. And then you get to the point where, okay, I'm where I want to maintain. And then it's like, okay, I'm literally just going to like hang out here. Like for most people, it's much different. So most people just give in to like their natural hunger cues, which is your body at least somewhat is going to want to return to where it was previously. So literally what we're doing in this practice phase, and this can either be a two week diet break. So say a client starts, they've crushed it for six to 12 weeks, but they want to take longer or they want to lose more fat. Then we want to make sure that we at least give you a two week diet break to restore your hormones or restore your metabolism a bit and just reduce some of the psychological fatigue of all of this. But it could also be like for a client that's lost more, this is the end of their diet. It can be up to three months where we're literally just again, practicing maintenance. So for the most part, this is just one making sure you have all the habits in place to just maintain where you're at. So right. really like food selection again is one of the biggest things here. Mm. You know, of fiber. Are you still eating protein with every meal? Like, are you learning how to, and you will be able to eat more. We're also part of this process is kind of finding your estimated maintenance. So typically what I do is I'll give a client, I'll estimate about 90% of what I think their maintenance calories is just to be safe, just to be sure we don't overshoot maintenance. And then from there, it's kind of a moving target because as we feed you more over the next few weeks, you'll start moving more. And then again, calories increase and you understand how all this works. Again, this is all just for your listeners, but really we're just practicing. Okay. Like, are you shielding filling foods? But also, like, are you going to be going out a lot on the weekends going forward? Because if so, we want to make sure we're, like, getting you practicing doing that, too. Like, how are you going to make this work with your calories? Like, let's experiment with that. And let's make sure over the course of all this, you can maintain this. Are you still consistently hitting your step goals? Are you still training consistently? Just little things like that. But again, like, when we break it down like this, 
it doesn't sound as sexy, but it's yeah. truly like the things that cause people to fall off. So really, again, prepare, push, practice. That's how I break it down. Pretty simple. And like we can apply that to no matter what the best diet structure is for you. So no matter how we structure it, be it macros, maybe you're just tracking calories and protein, maybe you're just using handfuls. We apply this to that and it's worked very, very well for all my clients. Damn. That's very robust, man. That's good stuff. Thank you, dude. So a quick question along the way, um, you know, people's lives can be quite sporadic and um, obviously with what's going on, things are kind of crazy right now. Um, You know, obviously gyms are closed. People are staying home. um, People aren't living their normal routines and that means activity is inherently going to lower um, we might start to see consumption actually increase a bit because food is more readily available right. and around. Um, so, you know, how would you apply, um, let's say, uh, either prepare or the push um, to this scenario that we're in right now? How would you uh, modify macronutrients um, based around what we're seeing right now? Right. So first, for all my clients that are in a push phase, that are in a fat loss phase, we're checking in like, how are you doing? Are you still, are you still able to push right now? How's your stress? Have you noticed this like impacting how you're eating at all? Because that's one of the biggest things too. Like as stress increases, often hunger will increase and inhibition will or decrease a bit. So we know that for most of us, the diet is going to be harder for us to stick to. Like I just had one client last week, actually, ironically, before all this really kicked off in the U.S., she was really struggling because of a situation where, like, her husband works apart from her, and they only see each other on the weekends. And, like, the emotional toll of that was literally, like, making it very, very hard for her to stick to the diet. But a couple weeks from now, they're moving in together. So we're literally just bumped her out of a push phase back to just, like, okay, we're going to spend the next couple weeks just at maintenance just priming your body for fat loss. So then when your husband are back together, we remove the stress. You'll be in such a better place to push the fat loss. And we can spend this time actually restoring your body and maybe even building a bit of lean muscle instead of kind of just spinning our wheels here. Right now, taking that to what's going on right now, which is the craziest situation. Um, So a big part of clients in the push phase is just making sure that they're actually okay right now to be in push phase. Like for a lot of my clients over the holidays, I had probably 10 clients that from Thanksgiving to New Year's were just at maintenance. Because again, like for them, it wasn't realistic. Their long-term goal was fat loss, but for them, it wasn't realistic to keep pushing for fat loss over that time. So instead we just, at, at the end to them, it was so exciting that like, oh, that's dope. Like for the first time ever, I didn't gain weight over the holidays. So again, we just like practiced. Love that combo. This time, right? Like it's, and it's a huge thing for most people. Like, so um, in situations like this, I think that's another time where like, yo, maybe we just focus on, we bump you to maintenance and we focus on mental health or like um, just different aspects like that. Now also like with, movement being reduced. I think that's where tracking a lot of metrics still comes in. Like with all my clients, we still see like, okay, what's your biofeedback like? Um, 
how's your body measurements changing? So we can still see different things like that. And that's really like, okay, maybe because you are moving less, we do need to bump this down. But I also think that now out of all times, when there is all this crazy stuff going on, it's super helpful for people to have things to focus on. Like, okay, like I've assigned so many of my clients audiobooks to listen to this week while they're pacing around getting their steps in, right? Yeah. So I don't think that at all this is like a reason to let things fall off. But that's really how I'd apply it. I think for the most part, it's just the reality is a lot of people right now might not be in the best position to diet and that's okay. We can focus on other things. Mm, mm. So you spoke about preparing people from a metabolic standpoint. You spoke about, you know, preparing habits and getting them just deciding, you know, do you feel comfortable tracking macros or do you want to do handful? Like, do you want to just do habits? Like what, um, how would you prepare someone mentally? So sometimes there's uh, a mental barrier, right? Yeah. Like a lot of the physical things are happening. They're going to the gym, they're tracking the macros, but there seems to be like that, that last little split decision that they're still making. You know what I mean? That's right. sort of uh, deterring them from results. Mm-hmm. And then they blow that out of proportion and they, you know, sort of attribute, oh, if I just did this one thing right, I, I'd be fine. Right. And, and how, how do you start to reprogram that mentality? And how do you get them to think and see the bigger picture? Yeah, so a big part of the prepare phase also is we try to talk through, and this normally comes up on the initial consultation call, like people that struggle with, I call it the all or nothing mindset, right? Yeah. It's kind of like what you described there, like, they did something that they think they didn't adhere to the plan perfectly. And then it's like, Oh shit, I messed up and it gets blown way out of proportion. And then that does turn into like a bad week or maybe a bad month. Yeah. So that's something that I always try to nip in the bud. I always tell people like I have had hundreds of clients go through my coaching program. You've seen all these crazy clients results not once have I had a client come through here that's done everything perfectly. Not once have I had a client that hasn't fallen off the nutrition plan or had a bad week and like no transformation that you've ever seen has ever been like they've had a hundred percent perfect experience. Like it's going to happen. I fall off track sometimes. We all do. The thing here to realize is all you have to do is get back on track the next day. And there's very little harm done. It's only if you let this turn into like five days, three days, five days, multiple weeks of being off track. This really is going to kill your progress. So I think for one, just helping people see that, oh, like it's okay to, I don't have to be perfect. It's more about being consistent, consistently good than being perfect, right? So for most people, that in itself is very freeing. And I think that's the first step. And then when we get into kind of like, people self-sabotaging themselves then after we get past this all or nothing like oh it's okay i didn't completely ruin my progress i'm not completely starting over then that's when we get into like okay this keeps happening like i want you to just journal a little bit like can we identify specific emotions that are like triggering this thing that you're doing to self-sabotage yourself so this is often we're all set up like what we call an if then statement so like Many times it's people will really talk through this and clients will from like some journaling, some reflection, or maybe even I'm just digging at them emails. Like we're just digging at this a little bit more, a little bit more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Up. 
they'll come up with like, okay, I've noticed that when I feel stressed, I tend to eat. So then we'll set up an if then statement, almost like what we were talking about with donuts. So like, if I feel stressed, then instead of eating, I'm first going to like go for a box breathing drill. I've had some clients do the thing where they have the rubber band on their wrist and they snap it or just like tons of different little, I really let the client decide like what their thing is going to be like, what their response is. But to most people, again, it comes back to being aware of what's going on here. So if I'm feeling this, then I do this. And then if I still want to eat, it's okay. But again, we're almost giving you back control because you're consciously processing what's going on here. And then really journaling, journaling and if then statements are a huge part of this. Just, I hate that this keeps coming off because I really hate this. <laughs> I hate this saying, but it does come back to awareness. Awareness, like, yeah. Just people actually understanding what's going on. And then even like, it's, we could go so deep into like, then I often like to send like Atomic Habits and The Big Leap are two books that I send out a ton. Also, when I see people like self-sabotaging or like there's these things that keep coming up. Like I have this one thing that I always do that always throws off my progress. Yeah. And we can look into like, okay, how can you set up your environment differently? So this doesn't keep coming up. Like what are the triggers that are making this happen and how can we make those invisible? So like maybe every time you drive by the donut shop on the way to work, you just always stop. So I want you to start taking a different route to work because no matter how determined you are when you start, you're going to, you're going to stop whenever you drive by. Right. So just like looking at different things like that. Um, it's a lot of mental work, honestly, but I think the biggest thing for most people is they think that, or we tend to think that it's like a willpower issue. Right. And I'm going to eventually get motivated and have enough willpower to, just I'll just resist all these temptations constantly. And that's going to be the thing that like pushes me over there. But I think like turns me into the person I want to be. But I think for most people it's actually kind of like, okay, maybe I'm not going to suddenly see this exponential increase in willpower and where just completely <laughs> change like the essence of my being. Yeah. So maybe I should look at like, how can I change all these environmental factors, all these things around me to be more conducive or like kind of force me to take the actions that I want. It's like, I was this example of like so many of us hate the fact that we hit snooze five times. Right. So instead of like just every night when you go to bed being like, I'm going to get up tomorrow morning, this is the morning I don't hit snooze. Like, why don't you just push your phone across the room? So it forces you to get up. Right. And it's just like little things like that for most people. And if we can like look at like, okay, this next habit that's throwing you off track, how do we like force you to kind of reroute your next time? Just little things like that are truly the biggest difference maker. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to things like uh, dichotomies, like, you know, good and bad, healthy, unhealthy, you know, vegan, non-vegan, how, how do you start to, uh, again, this is all about reprogramming, right? right? How do you reprogram your clients to see certain foods um, differently, right? So okay. they'll, they'll see like broccoli and a donut next to each other and they'll say one's healthy, one's not, right. um, which one's which. Um, most people are going to say that broccoli's healthy and a donut's unhealthy. How do you start to reprogram some, some of the guilt factors 
behind um, eating and some of those emotional factors that are attached to eating like we talked about. Um, How how do you get that person to get out of that that habit? And this is honestly, a lot of this just comes down to education. Like there's a lot, so many people, probably the same is true for you. So many people start coaching with me that have been trying unsuccessfully to follow a low carb diet for like the last two to three years. Like they've been sticking to it for a couple of months and then I fall off. Like yeah. I get great results when I follow keto, but then I really miss carbs. I fall off. Yep. Then I get back on and I get great results. But then I really miss, like it's just an endless cycle. So for many people, it just comes down to like, Oh no, like I find clients crush it on both low carb and high carb diets. Like truly the most important thing here is that we find something you can stick to for a long time. Right. Yeah. And for you, maybe that's not a low carb approach. And for most people, it's just like a, just they have always heard that there's only one way to do things, which really when it comes to nutrition is not at all the case. Like, and I use, like I said, like I used to be terrified to eat carbs. I thought that because the first time I lost weight, I lost weight on a low carb diet. And yeah. for most people, that's like the exact same experience they've had. So it comes down to like the first couple of weeks really experiencing like, okay, I'm eating more carbs and I'm losing fat. Maybe I have more energy or for some people, shit, it's some people feel better on a low carb diet. So for some people, it's the opposite. But um, I think it's really just comes out of education. First and foremost, I also cite the diet fit study a lot as far as like, okay, this study showed over 12 months that health markers and weight loss were almost identical for both a low carb and a low fat diet. So I'll often cite that because it also helps to like, okay, we actually have this proven and then look at my clients. And then when we're actually getting into food, I like to also a lot of times for clients, like as weird as it sounds, it kind of concerns me if a client is only eating quote unquote clean foods. Like if I look in a client's my fitness pal diary and they're only eating clean foods, because my goal here is to teach you how to make this sustainable for the long run. And unless you're literally somebody that hates donuts for whatever reason i don't know what kind of person that would be but i know that like this probably isn't a realistic picture of your lifestyle now also just like everything else this comes with context like if a client is getting ready ready for a photo shoot or a client wants the fastest results possible i'm not going to tell them like yo go work a couple donuts into your diary but if it's a client that's working with me like most people do because they want to learn how to maintain a flexible, sustainable lifestyle. Then I'll say like, okay, like what's a food you've really been missing? What's something you've really been craving? And like it'll normally be like donuts or maybe like a couple pieces of pizza. And then I'll take them through like, okay, here's how you can work this into your nutrition plan for whatever day. Why don't you go tr- just like go try that this week? See how it goes. And for most people, just like the first couple of times, just realizing like, oh shit, like I can make this work. And I'm still losing fat. And then that's, I think it's really just like, just like we're talking about with coaching. It's just actually experiencing that. Yeah. Um, again, though, the context here is super important. Like if you're trying to get absolutely shredded and 50% of your calories are donuts, you can still lose fat, but you're going to be missing a lot of nutrients and you're going to be really damn hungry. Cause also like, then we talk about like, okay, what's your, what's your fullness? Like, like, do you notice you're a little bit hungrier today? So like, it really helps people understand like, okay, it's okay to work this in. It's not less healthy, but maybe I am a little bit less full or maybe even went over my calories. But again, like 
it's all learning experience. Does that make sense? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, the, the lifestyle and um, long-term sustainability portion is the biggest thing. And I like that you spoke about um, there are special examples where you will need to be pretty stringent. Like when you're right. pre- prepping for a bodybuilding competition where your job is to get as fucking straight as possible. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I feel like it's all just like with diets, people are very much in the camp like, oh, you should never be this strict or, oh, you should only eat clean foods. And it's like really, it just depends on your goals. Absolutely. Um, so the so last two questions here, um, question number one, what's the uh, strangest and funniest uh, coaching question you've gotten from a client or online? And then um, what's the funniest DM you've ever received? Oh, man. Um, one of my clients a while back asked me if you should track calories burned during sex. <laughs> I had no idea what to say. <laughs> That's no, no lie. The strangest one I've gotten. Um, <laughs> not, unless it's like registering that I probably wouldn't. Strangest DM. <laughs> before you, before you answer that, there's a, uh, is a study take it, I think, or something like that. Um, but if you Google how many calories are burned during sex per hour, it's 69 calories. No way. <laughs> For men, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. That's hilarious. Yeah, uh, yeah. Man, I am struggling with strangest DMs. You ever, I don't know, bro. My DMs have been kind of wild lately. Like, I just got the other day this, I don't know if this is even appropriate to say on the podcast. I I can always blurt it out. It's fine. (laughs) No, I like the other day I had just a random girl. Just, I have no idea who it was. Just send me a booty shot. And then I opened it and I didn't answer. And then she sent me, are you a trainer? (laughs) So I I don't know what her intentions were with that. Um, I don't think I'm going to be working with her, but (laughs) I don't know. My, my DMs have been hella weird like that lately. I don't know if I'm putting out a different vibe. <laughs> you're putting out that vibe, brother. They're, they're catching what you're throwing down. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Um, well, Jeremiah, thank you so much for your experience, man, being vulnerable on, on the show and sharing your personal journey. Um, a lot of the hardships you've gone through with attaining the physique, knowledge, and, and uh, experience you have now. Um, please plug your, your website, plug your, your Instagram, plug everything. Of course, dude. So my website is barefit.com, B-A-I-R-F-I-T. Um, I drop weekly blogs on there. My podcast is Living Lean. Got some esteemed guests coming up here within the next couple of weeks. Quran. Um, and then my Instagram is Jeremiah Bear, B-A-I-R, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And um, so you guys know this guy's really, really consistent with his blogs. Nick, you, you had like a special because you had uh, a year in a row, right? It was 52 yes, weeks. Yeah. Yes, a 52 week long splurge of blogs. So there's a ton of information on his website that you guys can go check out that I don't um, talk about that often. This guy is super deep into the nutrition and he actually just picked up um, Mac Nutrition, right? You're starting yes, sir. a new just certification. Me too. Nice. How's, how's that going? It's going good. I mean, we're just enrolling with it. I'm excited to, I've had a ton of like anecdotal experience and what I've learned from reading blogs, 
listening to podcasts and again, just working with tons of clients. I'm excited to know like everything, the science of nutrition also. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's been dope so far. I mean, again, we're just really, this week is we're really just getting into the foundations of nutrition, but I'm excited to be able to nerd out over all the science of it. Yeah, dude, I, I definitely got to pick up that certain next. I've been looking at it for a long time, but I was like kind of hesitating to pull the trigger because it ain't cheap. <laughs> no, it is not. But that's what that's why I didn't last year. And literally for the whole year, because they only open what twice a year. Yeah, I, I regretted it the whole time. Dude, I was like, damn, I should have. I wish I was taking this. So it was a no brainer this time. Dope, dope. Well, best of luck to you, my man. And um, thanks for taking the time to uh, be on the show and again, share everything you learned. So appreciate your time, bro. Of course, bro. dude. Thank you for having me. No doubt, y'all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is usually where I say uh, the chronic lifestyle is out, but I completely just fumbled. The chronic lifestyle is out, y'all. Peace. Rhythm on the instrumental. Thank you so much for attending and listening. I appreciate your uh, time and attention. If you like what you heard and you like my other podcast, please give me a five-star rating and review. It really helps me climb the iTunes charts and gets my message out there and allows more people to interact with my content and ask some questions that you probably have. All right, y'all. Enjoy the rest of your day. Peace.